Well, I'm gonna take my horse down Old Town Road. I'm gonna smoke me some CBD. 1606, smoke the pack. It's a hundred percent tobacco free. No, seriously, seriously. Y'all tried some CBD packs in the past, right? We've heard of all of them. We've seen them in the orange box or the box with aluminum on it. And they have like biomass in it. They're not good CBD, all right? They don't help you out at all. They're full of seeds. They got all type of stems. I mean, they don't really help you out, right? They're good for people who are smoking cigarettes and want something else to smoke. But if you really want to get some feeling in CBD, go with the company that has good CBD, all right? Actual quality flower in there that has high percentage of CBD, you can feel the difference. You get the relaxation, all right? You get the pain reduction. You get to feel actually relaxed, all right? Uplifting relief. You want that feeling. So with that being said, I urge you to try 1606. Now, obviously, I'm doing the whole country thing for the fact that 1606 whole brand is kind of on this, you know, Midwestern, Western type of branding. And I like it. It's cool. It's different. Haven't really seen it before. Kind of reminds me of traditional tobacco. But nonetheless, they are a hemp pack, kind of like many cigarettes, but they're made with hemp and they have some good CBD in there. So again, it is 1606 hemp.com again that's 1606 hemp.com you can find it on my instagram this week try it out you guys are gonna enjoy it i wouldn't advertise something i didn't enjoy i even asked some people who was around me to try the product and guess what they enjoyed it so if you want some hemp packs you're tired of the orange box you're tired of the aluminum box that have the bio seeds in there little black things in the in the product biomass like you're just smoking grass doesn't taste good, gives you a headache and a bad mouth flavor. Go ahead and try 1606 Hemp. You'll see it on Instagram. You'll see it on their website. You'll enjoy the Hemp Pack. Now, back to the show. You are listening to High TV. Your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV, where we bring you cannabis news now. Now, I know we did not upload the episode this morning as we planned. As you know, we come back every Monday. But listen, the schedule has been hectic. The schedule has been busy, and I've been moving up and down more steps than I would normally take in a normal day. And today particularly, even today, the day the podcast was supposed to be recorded and postponed for was an ordeal in itself. So before we go to the cannabis news, just a quick update. <laughs> I must have driven accumulation of seven hours today in a car, seven hours, <laughs> seven hours in a car. Long story short, uh, Cannabis Lab had uh, a job opportunity for me. And I'm here in, you know, Broward County. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to take initiative on this job, right? I'm the type of person I should dive in and be as knowledgeable as possible before I take action, right? Hence the cannabis story I told you guys a couple episodes ago. 
So I research the company, understand what their philosophy are or what their philosophy is, what messages they want to communicate to potential clients. And so I kind of digested all this information. And one of that information that was on the website was what? Their address. And I mentioned this for a reason. So it was a whole process to even get the interview in the first place, right? I had to be persistent. You know, I had to be focused. I had to try my best to get this interview because, again, it's in the cannabis industry and I like new opportunities to learn various things, right? So, <laughs> so I get the info that the job interview is at 1030. I say, great. Let me go ahead and go to bed extra early because the only address I know for this cannabis lab is in Tampa. Mind you, I'm on the other coast of Florida in Broward. So that means I would have to drive about three hours and 30 minutes to get to my destination. So what do I do? I say, you know what? I'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm getting ready. All right. I'm leaving my house at six. I left my house around, you know, six something. I have to get a little quite a quick bite to eat. So I know I had to drive ahead of me to the point where I stopped at a gas station, got gas, knowing that, hey, look, you're going to run out of gas on your way back home because it's a three hour trip. So I told you, I woke up early, got some coffee, got a bacon, egg, and cheese like a nice New Yorker should do, right? Got myself a nice bacon, egg, and cheese with some ketchup on it. I was happy. And I'm not a coffee drinker, but I decided to get coffee this morning because, again, I had the trip ahead of me. All right, so we're driving now, okay? Three hours passed by. I'm 30 minutes from the job interview, a proposed job interview, all right? I mean, for someone to be three hours away and still get there early, I'm thinking that's commendable. I'm thinking you're doing the right thing, and this is probably a uh, positive note underneath, you know, the little interview notes. I get a text that says, hey, good morning. Uh, we're, we are happy to see you at 1030 for the interview. Here is the address for our office. When I look down, yo, the address is in Boca. Boca? Soldier boy voice, soldier boy voice, Boca. You mean to tell me I drove three hours away for an interview that's actually less than thirty minutes, forty minutes away from where I live? Madness. So immediately, immediately, before I even close the text messages, I'm still in the highway, mind you. I give you know the uh, HR manager a call, and I say, hey, look, uh, you know. Being that I was trying to be prepared for the interview, you told me the uh, job would entail traveling. I decided to take initiative and travel to the main office because I wasn't given an address. And I'm in Tampa right now, actually early for the interview. Could you believe that? And, you know, of course, she was very apologetic. You know, she said she gave me the address earlier and I was cool with it. You know, I mean, many people would be upset. Many people will lose their shit. <laughs> you know, many people will lose their minds and be livid at the fact that they drove all this way, out of the way, for an interview that was on a completely opposite side of the state. All right? For those of you that understand the state of Florida, it's a quite long drive. Like, you've seen the Everglades. You're probably driving past crocodiles and lizards and shit. You know, whole, I, I drove by at least 20 possums on my way to Tampa. So... Naturally, she gives me the address of Boca, all right? As I'm driving, I go into my messages, and I click. You know, you go to Android, you can click the messages and go straight to Maps. Tell me how Google took me to Boynton Beach instead of Boca. 
Because mind you, I'm driving. I don't have the ability to, you know, write down the address and type it into the Google address. So it's quicker for me to click it, press start, and be on my way. But it carried me to the wrong city. The same address as the place, right? Except for it was in a different city. Who would have thought? So not only did I drive three hours to Tampa for no reason, then I have to drive three hours back, that's six hours, I also went to the wrong city. Gave him a call and was like, hey look, this looks like a weird uh, location. Doesn't, doesn't look like a laboratory to me, you know? And uh, she told me, you know, of course it's in Boca, it's not in Boynton Beach, and so I ended up going to the job interview, and it went well. And again, I was still positive, still high energy. And I was like, listen, if I get the job, we're going to laugh about this for a long time. I'll be the guy from Tampa. I'll be the guy who thought the job was in Tampa when it was in Boca. You know what I'm saying? And that's a lesson I want to give you guys, is to always stay positive, always stay on a high note. And they were even nice enough to give me gas money for my troubles. I mean, now I got a crazy story about the craziest interview I've ever had. You know, I never traveled that much for an interview yet, at least by car. So with that being said, let's get into the cannabis news. That was my little intro into why I sound so tired, why so many things are going on, and why this episode wasn't uploaded earlier. All right, got a lot of things going on in the end. You know, always am looking to grow, always am looking to learn, and always looking to get new experiences, especially in the cannabis industry. So, welcome back to Cannabis News Now. As you know, we give you guys cannabis news updates that happen throughout the week to make sure you are the most informed person in your circle. Somehow, I've just gotten energy out of nowhere. I guess I just really love doing podcasts and keeping you guys informed. So, first and foremost, thank you for listening, and let's get into the Quick Hits. Quick Hits is a new segment I'm putting into Cannabis News Now, where I just give you guys a headline, and you guys can... I give you guys the headline. I don't deep dive deep into it. I say that all the time, but I'm going to name it now, quick hits. And then we're going to dive into other topics, all right? So first topic, Oregon sold $793 million worth of cannabis in 2019. All right, not a billion, but very close. And that's good news. I mean, Oregon doesn't have the population like a California, like a New York state, like a Florida, and not... And definitely not like in Illinois, where these states are seeing over a billion dollars in uh, cannabis revenue in 2019, or proposed, or estimated, or actual in the case of California. So with that being said, Oregon, I gotta clap it up, because as you know, Oregon and Washington sells dirt cheap cannabis. I mean, it's good cannabis and the quality, but because there's so many growers, it's just cheap, cheap. I'm talking $25 ounces. I mean, if someone comes to me with a $25 ounce, I'ma think it's a bag of Reggie's, a bag of brown. It's nothing you wanna smoke, all right? I feel like it's nothing but seeds and headaches in that bag you're trying to sell me an ounce for 25. But that's not the case. The case is they did a good job. Next story. So cannabis taxes could reach 40, whoa, could reach a whopping 41% in Chicago. As you saw on Instagram, and as we told you on this podcast, the taxes in Chicago are too damn high. If you thought California had high taxes, all right, Chicago is high sitting in the bushes eating some birthday cake, and it's not even their birthday high. Like, it's 41%. I mean, California was doing disservice by having it at 35%, but to have Chicago go 41, that's astonishing. And that's pretty, pretty terrible. I mean, the black market is going to 
thrive. I feel like when, when, when the black market sees all these taxes, they're doing the Macarena, the Cabbage Patch, you know what I'm saying? They're doing the Dougie, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they dance it because all the customers or the loyal customers will stay and only those, you know, non criminal associating probably all the generations are going to get their cannabis from these legal shops i mean it's interesting i'm going to dive deeper into the side story on that after i go through because i think that's the most important for me to talk about but again it's quick hits dive in come out but put your foot in the water then come right back out that's what the quick hits is next Thai clinic offering both cannabis and mainstream medicine. As you guys know, last year, uh, Thailand legalized medical marijuana. In fact, uh, is it called the chairman, the president, or the leader of Thailand decided to revoke all patents on medical marijuana strains. Thailand was afraid that Western influences will come into Thailand uh, and control the medical marijuana market, where Thailand wanted to create not create, but control its own medical marijuana market at, to make sure that the dollars are coming back into the country and staying in the country. So very smart, very suave move by the leader of Thailand. And the fact that they're having like, basically imagine what Thailand is doing now is you going to Walgreens and not only picking up, you know, your ibuprofen and other over-the-counter drugs, but also able to buy your cannabis at the same time. So they're really treating this like a medicinal product by having it being sold on the same shelf as over-the-counter medicines it's amazing you know you could uh go into <laughs> go into a pharmacy buy some plan b and then buy some sour d on your way out you know what i'm saying just for the stress that you thought you were about to have all right so quick kits binge drinking down at campuses in legalized states and this is not a quick hit this is actually a long story but before i get into why binge drinking is down at campuses in campus wow campuses in legalized states let me talk about the taxi situation in chicago and what the bigger picture is outside of just that city so blacklist xyz as you know the fastest growing uh cannabis news outlet on instagram they like cover things like raids i mean they're they're much deeper into the cannabis culture as being that they're from california right and they're able to see the front lines get these images and it's all user generated great idea uh very smart guy when i talk to him all kudos to them so they posted saying what if government regulators implement such harsh regulation on the cannabis industry because they want the cannabis industry to fail now granted i don't know how true that is you know i don't know the validity of the statement but it's something to talk about and something to theorize you know it's a nice discussion between friends to be like yo left and right we're seeing companies like we're going to talk about ease having layoffs we're seeing them you know like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic in the middle of the ocean, except he's trying to get a life raft, right? He's trying to get a, a little, what do you call it? Buoy. I don't know what it's called. A little lifesaver. You know the lifesaver candies? He's trying to get one of those, all right, via these venture capitalist funding. You know, MedMen is just pulling money out the air like a David Blaine magician. How they're doing it, I don't know, but they're considerably not paying vendors as according to what vendors have said, that we've sold products to MedMen and are still not getting paid. Our invoice is still sitting there, and I'm sure they're sold the product. They're laying off workers, right? They're not closing stores. They're opening up new stores, you know? Just for you guys in Miami, in South Florida, Miami has a brand new MedMen dispensary coming soon, right in the heart of Collins Avenue. Perfect for um, 
perfect for tourists. So MedMen is somehow MedMen just has that connection towards money that's seemingly amazing. It's like MedMen has a faucet they can turn on whenever they want and they're good to go. You know what I'm saying? MedMen reminds me of like those super privileged kids in school that anytime they fucked up, they like crashed five cars and somehow their parents just bought them a new one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, when are you going to beat this kid's ass for messing up time and time again? But no, just buy him a brand new Porsche and be like, all right, he won't crash this time. This one has a five star rating. I said five stars with two of my fingers up. <laughs> That's how you know I'm tired, all right? So, I mean, is it a possibility that these regulations are put on harsh in order to create a harsh environment for these companies to thrive? It's possible, absolutely. I mean, as you know, politics in America is democratic. And so there's many different people who have influences on what laws and regulations are passed. And as we know how politics works, as discussed on this podcast you know wherever the money is going to you can control or have influence on the regulation so maybe you may not want the 41 percent tax in chicago maybe you're fine with keeping it at like a california level because they're doing it already but chicago's probably thinking if the state of california is struggling to produce the amount of revenue they should then we should boost our taxes even more to make sure we hit revenue streams and maybe uh, the goal behind that is a win-win situation. If I'm a lobbyist, I'm like, Hey, look, you make the taxes high. You make more money off of cannabis being sold. And as a win who I'm working for, whatever industry has influence on whatever lobbyist is being funded by also gets to win because their businesses aren't going to deteriorate as quickly. Right. If taxes are high, chances are, you're either not going to buy cannabis, cannabis, legal cannabis and stick with your weed, man. And therefore, you're not taking money out of pockets out of other industries that are proposed, such as the pharmaceutical industry that across the board are seeing individuals in medical marijuana state uh, decrease their amount of prescription drugs once they get their license. So it's a good discussion. I say you and your friend, <clears throat> you and your friends have that discussion. You know, are these regulations or is the cannabis industry overregulated? And is it overregulated for the sole purpose of deterring its growth? You know, is it there to stunt the growth of the cannabis industry? Or is it just the politicians not being educated enough on what's the right thing to do? Or are they greedy? So many questions come to my mind when I read these different headlines. And I know they go to your minds, too, if you care enough to listen to this podcast. So let's dive deep into these next few stories. So first, we're going to talk about is one that's pretty nostalgic before we go to break. We're going to talk about High Times and their plan to buy dispensary licenses in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. If you guys remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the sad story and did a vigil or eulogy, if you will, for High Times. As you know, High Times is a legacy icon in the cannabis space. Back in the 1960s, they had cannabis culture put in the magazine and shipped out because, you know, the 60s was the hippie movement, the love movement, and, of course, the drug movement, right, where everyone was smoking weed. It wasn't a good weed either. You know, their weed looked like grass. Their weed looked like something you pour one of Monsanto's products on. I mean, it was not good looking. It was brick weed if I've ever seen it and probably worse than that, you know? And that's why these old, these older folks, I should say, not old, but older, older, say uh, they can't handle these new kids' weed. Your weed is too strong. I can't handle it. I, 
How can you smoke this? This is a drug. No, you were just smoking grass from that grass that looked like it's growing in my backyard. I mean, so with that being said, High Times has done its due diligence to establish a community, right, of the cannabis culture. And it was sad to see that they laid off people at uh, another company they own in the magazine. It was sad to know that they tried to go public and they failed. It, to me, as someone who is kind of uh aware of the business world i'm not a business expert but i follow i like to stay informed so i like to follow and see how things are done and typically you don't see companies that want to go public try to get their uh investments from the public right so basically what high times did was instead of going through venture capitalists like normal businesses do get your series a B, C, D, right? Raise your hundreds of millions of dollars. And then once you have the money in place to uh, move around and subjugate what you have to, you know, situate to be able to adhere to the stipulations to be called a public company, High Times did the most stoner thing ever. Listen, man, like we have so many supporters, just like allow them to just invest in our company, bro. And we're going to be fine. I'm telling you, this is a great idea. It's like one of those ideas that sound amazing when you're high. Like it's the best idea ever. And then in actuality, you're like, oh, shit, that was that, that wasn't too good. That was a good idea. I shouldn't put ice cream on my taco. Now my stomach hurts. That sounds a little bit nasty. But anyway, continuing on, um, they got money from the public. I believe it was $11 was the smallest investment you can make. They got big names like Snoop Dogg. And the whole goal was to promise investors that their money would, of course, grow once they hit the stock market. Once they're on Robinhood, Charles Schwab, and the whole list of Wall Street platforms. However, they didn't make it. SEC said, uh-uh, mm-mm, <laughs> nope, stay in your hot box. You ain't coming out with us. And so a lot of dominoes fell that led towards the eventual or apparent decline of high times. And uh, as we said, it's sad. And we, we mentioned here, like, high times should be selling product. It makes no sense why they aren't. You know, we, uh, if I believe I'm saying the right, if I believe I'm repeating what I mentioned in the past, high times was married to the idea of old media. Okay, they fell in love with the idea of having magazines being sold into a bunch of different locations and people actually reading it, not knowing that we are entered into the digital space where magazines and new newspapers alike are going out of business left and right. So in order to evolve, excuse me, evolution is survival of the fittest. If an organism cannot assimilate to its environment, it will die out it will go instinct. That's biology. High Times finally wised up with this story here. Let me go ahead and read the rest for you. The company plans to open two flagship stores that will sell local Cannabis Cup award-winning strains. Hmm, very smart. Stormy Simon, who took over as CEO of High Times earlier this month, told IPO Edge that the Cannabis Cup winners are heroes and the company's dispensaries would allow them to be recognized. After taking over as CEO, Simon suggested that distribution was the next iteration of the company. She told IPO Edge that the company is seeking dispensary licenses in other states. Okay, they're not just planning to stay in, you know, Vegas and, and uh, LA. They want to go around the country. I like this, uh, Stormy Simon. 
Even medical marijuana states can make sense for us, she says. High Times has, excuse me, High Times was publishing medical or medicinal articles back in the 70s and 80s. And so the brand is well known in that community, which is just fluff for saying that the cannabis community knows who we are. It's not about medicinal. But, um, yeah, man. So I believe Stormy Simon was working and was a big benefactor in Overstock, you know, the company Overstock that sells stuff online. She was a huge and integral part of their success. And they decided to bring her into high times to do just that. Right. Sell product. If you work with Overstock.com, you're good at marketing, good at uh, selling product and getting uh, uh, attraction that's marketing. I don't know why I'm just repeating myself. That's redundant. But nonetheless, they made a great choice in getting Stormy Simon. Uh, she had success in the past, and I'm sure she's going to bring that same level of tenacity it took to build Overstock to the company it is today to hopefully revive, do some CPR, and go clear on high times. It's much needed. Much, much needed. I told you, high time, I, 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 sadly I said high times is like the old family member that we love, has great stories, has a great legacy, but they're on their, death, they're on their deathbed. And you know what I'm saying? They're plugged in and it's a sad story because they're not the vibrant individual you knew when they were young. And you see them dying slowly and they just don't know what's what's really going on. They think they're fine. And now they know they aren't fine. They decide to get the CEO in and sell product. But let's break that down. So they said that they are going to sell local cannabis cup award winning strains. So now you got to think, where has High Times had his cannabis cup? I mean, they've had it in San Francisco. They've had it in uh, Michigan. They've had it in Washington, they had it in Oregon, they had it in Colorado, and of course they had it in LA, and a bunch of other locations, all right? So this lets me believe that all the places where they have these Cannabis Cup events, it would make the most sense to open up a physical retail location to make best use of the attraction and the uh reach that high times has in these areas listen have you seen high times events they're huge they're big concerts there's weed being smoked everywhere everybody's having a good time like i there's nothing but happy faces i see at high times cannabis cup events and most importantly the people who are the entrepreneurs who grind to create great products whether they're creating concentrates all right whether they're in the cbd or thc world or they're just a grower not excuse me or they are a professional master grower they mean to disrespect you guys much love to y'all without y'all we wouldn't get high we wouldn't enjoy our products so with that being said it just makes perfect sense to not only open up retail state uh, retail shops in the areas where high times cannabis cup events are held which would mean that you would have foot traffic because it's recognizable due to the experience and emotional experience they had at high times in the past but they will also carry cannabis cup winners this in my mind which even dives deeper now gives even more incentives for people to be in the industry and care about the products they're putting out because look some people aren't putting out the best products let's be honest some people are out there seeing the cash seeing the money and saying hey i'm going to put out some bs i just seen a guy online i don't know why i sound like tony montana or some shit but anyway i saw a guy online all right and he was selling his cbd I decided to give everybody a try, right? My DMs on Hemp International, they're inundated with messages. I go ahead and click this guy's website. He has a product that's a CBD tincture, right? 
it says CBD strain, and then it has a list, a name for the strain. Guess what the strain of the CBD was? I'm gonna give you two seconds. The strain was called 99.9. What? How is a tincture 99.9 anything? It's a tincture. You know, you know what I'm saying? And much less, you don't know anything about the cannabis or CBD industry if you're going to put the strain as 99.9. Like, what are you selling? Lysol, CBD, 99.9? Chance that it's not going to do shit for your body? <laughs> like, what are you selling? So, with that being said, I believe this choice by High Times to sell these brands that are award winners, that have produced high-quality products... It's going to incentivize those brands who don't have those accolades yet to push for that. And the more competition you have towards being of high quality is the more the consumer wins. And uh, most, most importantly, this legend in the cannabis space at least gets to put its head above water. Will this save the company? I don't know. You already see cannabis companies who have retail spaces, all right? They have these uh, multiple state locations like a True Leaf, like a Cure Leaf, like a MedMen, and they're still not doing well financially. So High Times, this is a great idea. Uh, I would love to see how it's executed, and I would love to get the feedback on consumers once they're trying these cannabis award-winning strains. But business-wise, I don't know if this is the life raft you're looking for. I don't know if this is the lifeline you're looking for. You might want to call a friend and get some more investments. And don't try to get investments from the public like last time. Because I told you on the podcast when I came out, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, what is their business model? They throw events. They sell magazines. What else? They sell ads on a website. What's their business model? At least now that they're actually going to be touching the plant, they can uh, buy the products wholesale from these growers and top growers and producers of cannabis or products, and they can sell it at retail locations. Now they have to think about having the overhead of the retail. They have to not pay even more employees, and they have to purchase and merchandise these products that they're purchasing from these high cup winners. Anyway, that's high times. I thought that was a cool, cool idea by Miss uh, Stormy Simon. She's really uh, hitting the ground running, making sure she's trying her best to keep this comp this uh, company afloat. Because listen. High Times for a long time was looking like they owed the mob money and it was a cinder block tied to their foot and they were floating to the bottom of the pool. It's a sad story. It's tragic. And here goes Simon, uh, Simon, excuse me, Stormy Simon to go ahead and at least cut that brick off. I don't know why my metaphors got so deep and why I'm having so much mobster references on this podcast. All right? I mean, I'm a black dude from the Bronx. What do I know about mobsters at all? What do I know about mobsters? Uh, Sopranos, Tony Montana, uh, the Irishman, apparently. All right, so we are going to go into our first break, our first ad. Enjoy our ad with 1606. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. And we are back. Hope you guys enjoyed our first half of the episode. For a quick recap, we talked about Oregon and how they almost made a billion dollars. A billy, a billy, but not quite yet. Not quite yet. Almost there. Not quite yet, right? Uh, cannabis taxes in Chicago could reach 41%, which is as a 9, as a 10, as a 11, everything. I mean, too high. Chicago, what are you doing? I get it, though, because Chicago has a black caucus, and the, the black caucus wants to make sure that the taxes 
excuse me about that, sorry about that, the taxes are being allocated towards the individuals who need it most, which are the minorities who were deeply affected by the war on drugs. So I understand and I have empathy for the taxing, but of course taxation is just robbery with a nice name. If you spell out the IRS, it spells theirs. You're welcome. All right, next, we're going to talk about the Thai clinic offering both cannabis and mainstream medicine. All right, they're going to basically have Walgreens-like places that sell you over-the-counter drugs and also sell you medical marijuana at the same damn time. At the same damn... Sorry about that. So next, we're going to talk about the binge drinking and how it is down at college college campuses in legalized states. Uh, For everybody who's listening... How many of you went to college? Raise your hand. Oh, wait. Raise them. All right. A few of you. Okay. Okay. If your hands is down, don't worry about it. You didn't miss out on much other than binge drinking, which is just a memory a lot of us think about, don't really reminisce. We just laugh at how ridiculous we were at that age. Like I'm that far removed from college. But nonetheless, nonetheless, Binge drinking is something that's so common in college. I think the reason why binge drinking exists is because we aren't allowed to buy liquor until we're 21. All right. And when you're in college, that's your first at bat with autonomy as an adult for most individuals. Right. In Europe, let's say their legal drinking age, I believe, is much younger. It's either 18 or 16 in some places like Italy. And drinking is in that taboo or a bad thing. So when you're in high school, you're more drawn into drinking because it's something you're not supposed to do. It's illegal and it's more sexy to do to be rebellious. What teenager, what young adult isn't rebellious? So when we get this chance to be 21, we get this chance to be go to college and have autonomy. All we're going to do is drink because you have a bunch of free time in between classes and all you are are young, full of energy, horny, want to have fun. You're, young, you're a young adult, like every young adult. So you're going to go ahead and drink and you're going to binge drink. So binge drinking, they said, was an issue. I remember a couple of years ago on the news saying that these teenagers, these young adults in college, they're drinking way too much. Are right? they getting sick? They're getting liver poisoning. They get a stomach pump, the whole nine. But there is a silver lining. As you had heard, in states where cannabis is legalized, students are not drinking as much. They're smoking. And if you put the value uh, proposition or, or cost, whatever analysis in front of you, it makes total sense why you would choose cannabis over alcohol. I mean, for one, you're not going to be texting your ex at two o'clock in the morning high. You know what I'm saying? You might be high, but you're not going to text them high just because you're drunk and in your emotions. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to crash your car and cause multiple deaths on prom night because of cannabis but it can happen on with alcohol we're not going to have as many domestic domestic violence cases when people are smoking weed because when people smoke weed they want to chill they don't want to fight you know they want to hit hit anybody they want to relax they want to eat food they want to sleep and so if you just look at the cost value analysis thank you very much brain cannabis makes all the sense and I believe cannabis would lead to the, like Bob Marley said, the cannabis is the healing of a nation and alcohol is the destruction. And hopefully we're seeing that play out in the future in these same states where young adults are choosing cannabis over alcohol. Yo, number one reason you're not going to wake up being allergic to bright lights and loud noises. All right. You're not going to have the dry 
cat tongue like mouth that you have once you have a long night of drinking and feeling groggy and terrible and grumpy. Never had that with weed, man. I go to sleep and I wake up like I'm in a L'Oreal commercial. It's crazy. All right, so let's read the story off for you guys. Why binge drinking is down at campuses in legalized states. <clears throat> a recent study suggests that while cannabis use has increased among college students in states that have legalized, binge drinking of alcohol has decreased among students. Cannabis use among college students in legalized states is on the rise, but binge drinking rates on college students are down in the same states, according to Oregon State University study published in the journal Addiction. So this is an actual study. It's not theorized. This is actual research being done to figure out what the dynamics are in consumption of these individuals in the particular age group. So continuing on, students in states with legal cannabis were 18% more likely to have used cannabis in the past 30 days than students in non-legal states. All right, so simple. If you're in a legal state, you're going to smoke weed way more likely because it's widely available. You can get it delivered to you, all right? And you don't have to get worried about being arrested or getting in trouble or anything like that because it's legal. They were also 17% more likely to have engaged in frequent use defined as cannabis use at least 20 of the past 30 days. Interesting. 17% more likely to do heavy use. Makes sense. Weed is a good thing. All right. I think everybody should smoke weed. Six years after legalization in early adopting states, college students were 46% more likely to have used cannabis than their peers in states without adult use cannabis access. Wow. 46, almost double the chances of smoking weed than someone who doesn't have access. But like I told you, it just makes total sense, right? If weed's available, you're going to go ahead and smoke the weed. If food is available, you're going to go ahead and eat. And I'm saying try to put food on the table and see if you don't eat it sometime or another. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to eat if food's available. You're going to smoke if weed's available and, and legal. All right, so from 2012 to 2018, overall cannabis usage rates increased from 14% to 17% in non-legalized states. In the earliest states to legalize cannabis, those rates were 21% to 34% in a study found. And they didn't explain why, of course, these individuals were choosing not to binge drink and choosing cannabis. Moreover, but what they did let you know is that legalization causes more use of cannabis and much more frequent use of cannabis in states where it's legalized. You know, I mean, chances are you're getting cannabis, even though it's taxed, but you're getting it in a nice package. You rely, you can rely on a product. You can get the same thing that you got last time. You know, it is you have a dealer, your dealer has one strain now and then the next time you hit him up you don't have anything close to what you had before right so at least you have some type of stability and consistency with legal cannabis and hopefully it's high quality especially if you're in a state like california and uh yeah it makes i mean all this is a no-brainer i could have told you that myself but i'm glad we had actually have cannabis studies to tell us the actual truth without it being speculation you know or, or hearsay all right, so shout out to the students who are now smoking instead of drinking. You are the MVP. You're making the right decision. You're saving your liver. You're saving your kidneys. You might be damaging your lungs a little bit, but you know what? That's all right. I mean, how many people have died of lung cancer with cannabis? The answer is zero. 
Moving on. Colorado bill would protect employees off-duty cannabis use. The bill does not clarify the rights of employees who live in Colorado but work for an out-of-state business either remotely or otherwise. And federal employees in Colorado would likely not be protected by the law where to pass due to federal law. So, of course, if you're a federal agent in Colorado, you still can't smoke weed because it's federally illegal and you follow federal law. If you are a, excuse me, if you are from Colorado, that is your state of residence, and you are working remotely outside of your state, you will be able to use your cannabis and not have to be worried about you losing your job because of the illegality of cannabis in different places and the confusion, you know what I'm saying? You're, you, you basically just smoked weed in front of a cop, right? Out at bar. And then you now go to a bar a couple miles down the road or whatever it is. What's the, what's the state next to Colorado? Geography is not the best. See, the thing about Colorado is it's a square state. So it's kind of hard for me to place it in my brain, you know, especially being from the Northeast Never thought about Colorado until we was legalized. No offense. And South Park. But uh, nonetheless, you going a couple miles down the street. You're now in a new state. You have the same joint that you smoked in front of a cop in Colorado. Now you can get in trouble with your employment because you got caught with cannabis. That had to be stopped because it makes no sense. Um, hopefully, it's a rule that will carry on into other states as more and more states legalize. And it's something that uh, we can see happen more often. So shout out to Colorado for that bill. And we have one last story for that ass. So we're going to talk about Ease. Yes, we mentioned how Ease is one of the companies like MedMen and Curaleaf who are having layoffs, who are losing money, who are trying to raise money to keep itself afloat. And Ease is one of those companies. Ease was a darling. All right. When Uber came out, Ease came out shortly after. Of course, when somebody heard that there was an app that you can download on your phone to get a car to drive you anywhere, the first stoner thought, Dude, why don't you have a car to just like instead of like take you places, they like carry you weed like anywhere you want, bro. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, but seriously, that was their idea. It was a great idea. And the thing about ideas is it's all about execution and ease executed on its idea. Everyone could be possibly a weed dealer, but have a computer program or app to do it, but ease the, the best. All right. They have a lot of clients They work with a lot of dispos. I mean, they're putting in work. However, it seemed like they're running into financial trouble. They laid off 30 people. Um, they're now aggressively looking for funding aggressively looking it's almost like when a female gets broken up with and and her heart's broken you know what i'm saying and she's desperate now to try and get a new guy to make a man jealous she's just out there in the club just you know what i'm saying a little more open to even stuff below her standards that's kind of what it's looking like for some of these cannabis companies they're just out there reaching for something to get a feeling of stability that they were used to that probably won't come for some time being you know but just the companies that can survive this period, which I believe cannabis is following a very uh, a very reflective path of other industries where you start out, there's a black market, it gets semi-regulated by the states, and then you see much more regulation happen, and sometimes it gets too regulated so then the businesses can't thrive, and then you create these organizations that are based to, uh, like kind of like the uh, the players' union in sports. A lot of you guys out there listen to the podcast, I know you watch football, shout out to the Super Bowl. Yo, shout out to the Super Bowl coming to Miami, all right? Shout out to y'all. It's going to be pretty fun going to those after parties, all right?
could imagine. We're going to see some beautiful women in Miami. I'm telling you. All the gold diggers, they, they have a first... They have a red eye to Florida ASAP, all right? One-way ticket, hoping that someone else body ticket on the way home. But nonetheless, uh, it's like the players' union in sports, right? Kind of like basketball, football, where their goal is to negotiate for the players while also working with the officials that run the NBA or run the NFL to make sure that both sides are happy. So the cannabis industry, I believe it exists in certain states, but not all, where they have this organization whose goal is to protect the business owners while also adhering to the needs of the local government and making sure they both come together so that the business the businesses can thrive and the local government is happy with his taxes and taxes and regulation so uh let me read the story off for you that was a pretty deep tangent ease is facing a cash shortage plans to touch the plant some of the high times, Ease decides to now change up its business model because it understands it needs more money. So if you need more money, you got to do something that you weren't doing before that wasn't making you money. So now the story goes, cannabis delivery company Ease has recently completed a 15 million bridge funding round as the company is low on cash and looking to expand its reach to retail by selling its own brands through its own depots, according to TechCrunch report. And Ease spokesperson told TechCrunch that the company is also preparing another round of personal cuts. Ease already paid off, excuse me, Ease already laid off around 30 people over the summer. There were rumors happening in the fall that Ease was probably a company that was on its way out. Uh, I believe Ease, similar to Weed Maps, was also, you know, part of the whole, uh, I believe, unlicensed something, something, something. And they were low on cash and they thought that they were going to go out of business. So it looks like they're chasing after this next funding round to keep it afloat. Like, look, a lot of these cannabis companies are on the deep side of the pool doing the doggy paddle, not going anywhere. Like, they're just trying to float, stay afloat, swim, but they, 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 they're just not killing it, you know? And it's not their, I don't think it's their mistake wholeheartedly. I think it's partially their mistake, of course. But I believe when you have individuals that enter the cannabis space that aren't really for cannabis whatsoever, they're good at uh, structure, they're good at business, they're good at, you know, the ones and zeros portion of the business, but don't have a true understanding of the culture and, and, and the philosophy that comes into being a cannabis user, then they kind of get lost in the sauce, right? They kind of treat it like any other business, like, you, like you're opening up Dollar Shave Club, you know what I'm saying? You understand the... the knowledge it takes to buy something low and sell it a high you know and then growing your your product and being a uh what's the word i'm looking for vertically integrated company see a lot of these people have these experience externally but have to figure out how to use that experience the right way internally in the cannabis industry uh will we see a turnaround i believe so i believe we're at a time when uh the industry is dictating that they survive the i just fucked up my own quote that this, <laughs> it's survival of the fittest and those who can adapt towards these harsh regulations will survive. And that's why these companies are trying to get as big as possible so that when no matter any regulation comes about, they can keep afloat because they're too big to fail. And when you're too big to fail, you can take risks, kind of like Amazon does on a daily basis. You know, if Amazon wants to go into the mood ring business, I guarantee you they'll go into the mood ring business and just try it out. If it fails, they'll ditch it. And then they'll go into like, you know, selling crystals or something <laughs> i don't know but uh 
This has been today's episode of Cannabis News Now. Hopefully, I gave you guys some good energy. Uh, hopefully, I gave you guys some good information and kept you informed as to what went along in cannabis this week. Uh, knowing my voice sounds a bit more newscaster-ish, but being that I'm very tired, I'm very sleepy, and as you know, I drove so many miles today, like 500 miles around Florida for a job interview I hope I get. So, if you're listening... Wish me luck on getting this job interview with a cannabis laboratory. I, I love working in the cannabis industry, as you guys know. I've given you guys a blueprint on, as to how to get a cannabis job. If you listen, if you listen and took notes and followed directions, let me know if it helped you out. Did it help you get a cannabis job? And let me know if that other episode I posted probably a couple of days after that, if the tips on how to open a cannabis business, business helped you operate and now own a cannabis business, let me know if that helped you. At the end of the day, Cannabis News Network, now, high TV, we're here to serve the people, all right? I like to stay informed, so I like to inform you guys. You know, I love to help people in their endeavors, give them ideas unselfishly without it being transactional, and I do. I feel the same way about you. So I give you energy, I give you news, I give you guys inspiration, and everything all the above. So, with that being said, again, we are coming to the end of our show. I know, I know it's been too soon, too soon. But uh, again, I want to apologize for not uploading it at Monday at 4.20 a.m. That is my mistake. But as you know, we are human beings and uh, things come about. And uh, hopefully this episode made up for it. I feel like the energy was high here. I feel like I was ecstatic. Somehow my backup generators are on and um, somehow killing it. Um, somehow feel good about this podcast. Normally when I feel tired, I feel shitty about the podcast. Like, yo, what is that? You sound sleepy, bro. Like, you sound like that weird horse thing from Winnie the Pooh. What's, what's his name? Igor? That depressed guy. <laughs> All right, man. So, as always, as always, check us out on Hemp International on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on where you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars on Apple music podcast however it is hope you're enjoying the show i enjoy doing this it's great to have you listen again i was gonna say it's great to see you but i can't see you but guess what i can feel you but not in a creepy way but i, I feel you bro i feel you so we're gonna close this one out a bit different uh i know we have the common outro i'm gonna play something after that outro um and, you know, I, I'm a fan of Kendrick Lamar. I realize a lot of you guys are fans of Kendrick Lamar. And if you are, enjoy this next segment. Stay tuned. Stay high. High TV. Peace. Bitch don't kill my vibe, bitch don't kill my vibe
I can feel your energy from two planets away. I got my drink, I got my music, I will share it. But today I'm bitch, don't kill my vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe.